Welcome to A Wild Moon Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm your host, Megan Leatherman. Hello, friends. It's really nice to be back with you. It's been a couple of months since I've uh, released a podcast episode. Um, If you're part of my newsletter or Instagram community, then you know that I have been out on maternity leave, um, preparing for and giving birth and recovering from uh, giving birth to my little baby boy. Um, He was born in late March at home uh, after about two and a half hours of labor, which uh, was really, really intense, but um, ultimately everything was perfect and we were all healthy and we felt really lucky to be able to give birth at home since it was kind of just at the beginning or toward the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis and we weren't sure what it would look like to be in the hospital and so we were really lucky that everything um, came together and uh, Kylan Joseph uh, was huge over nine pounds and uh, he's healthy and happy and um, you know not sleeping. No one in our house is sleeping very much, but um, I'm here and so happy to be here. You know, this work is uh, really a respite for me and um, invigorating and I just feel so lucky and privileged to get to return to it. Um, And I'm excited for what I want to bring to you over the next couple of months through this podcast and um, through the rest of the work that I do. So I hope you have been well over the last couple of months. It's certainly a different world than it was when I left. Um, You know, your work situation, probably no matter what, has changed. Either you are, um, you know, a frontline worker working much more in a much different environment that may feel scary. You may be working from home now and managing childcare or being in a, you know, a living environment that is different or hard or great. Um, You may have lost your job, your job may have changed, you may have gotten a new job in the midst of this, but no matter what's going on in your career, things are certainly different, right? Because the world is different. Um, And so I hope you are taking really good care of yourself and I hope you'll consider me a resource if you need it, either, you know, formally or informally, just if you need um, someone to I don't know, bounce ideas off of or check in with, or if we've worked together in the past and um, you could use a a check-in or, you know, a resume refresh, I hope you'll email me and I want to be a a source of support for you. We are here in the Northern Hemisphere in the late spring season. Uh, Summer is fast approaching. um, And this year, you know, every year feels different, but um, in the midst of this pandemic, I think the season's even have felt different to me, you know, spring, it's beautiful to see that things are still in bloom, you know, nature marches, marches on, um, in some ways, you know, nature, I think has benefited from this crisis. Um, in other ways, unfortunately, you know, the fossil fuel industry is taking unprecedented leaps, um, or not unprecedented, but, uh, unthinkable leaps at this time, expanding their reach and um, kind of diminishing the protections um, that were fragile and, you know, kind of barely in place before all of this. So it's a, it's a wild time to be alive. It's a wild time to be working. And I hope that this episode is supportive to you because I think anywhere 
anytime we're trying to start change or um, initiate change or get on board with change, really, we have to start with our imaginations. We have to be able to reimagine our way out of or through this crisis, right? I became most familiar with this idea through the work of Adrienne Marie Brown, who wrote a book called Emergent Strategy, which you've probably heard of. And in it, she talks about the importance of our imagination, that if we can't imagine a new world, it's going to be very hard to build it, right? And so today I want to offer some new visions for our world, but also most importantly, I think for the for our purposes here, our workplace and our careers in an effort to, one, just inspire you and bring some levity to your day, but also to begin initiating positive change because I think there's tremendous potential in this moment. So that's what I want to share with you in this episode. Before I dive in, I have one announcement, which is that my one-on-one coaching program is open again. And I'm really proud of this process. I've been tweaking it for the last five years. It works. The people who have gone through it have made tremendous, meaningful changes in their careers, whether it's you know staying in their role and just becoming much more empowered within it or setting up you know an off-ramp into something else when the time is right. People have you know changed their jobs, started their own businesses, gotten promoted. It really works. Um, So this is a four-month coaching process. Um, There are three different kind of tiers that you can engage with. The first one is, you know, for those who maybe have a smaller budget or don't need a whole kind of deep dive or overhaul of their career, but want to begin exploring what that could look like. And that's sort of a, that's an interesting way to engage with one another. You receive journaling prompts twice a month, and then I read those, read what you write, and I record an audio reflection with my insights or suggestions or resources. So we get to kind of have this ongoing dialogue. And that will also include a strengths assessment that I created uh, that you can take and that we can talk through. The other two tiers are more traditional. So we actually meet, you know, over the phone or over Skype, or, you know, if things open up in Portland and it feels safe, uh, I may do some in-person walking sessions. And that's, you know, a four month kind of deep process where we look at your values, your strengths. We use those to set meaningful intentions for you, for the changes that you want to make in your work life. And then I support you in actually taking action and making change. And I think what's so powerful about this process is that it's a really clear container for you to be in, right? There's kind of a beginning and an end. Your brain knows that you're in this process and you're supported by someone who really, really cares about you and your work life and about the gifts that you have to offer this world. One of the new things that I'm adding this time around that I'm really excited about is actually a field guide. So a pretty extensive workbook that includes a lot of the handouts and exercises and assessments that I've done for years but have never really put into one place. So um, I will print that for you and mail it to you and we can kind of work through that together. Um, I'm excited about that too. So if it feels like the right time or if this idea even feels interesting to you, you can schedule a free 20-minute consultation at the link in the show notes or by visiting awildnewwork.com and I'd be happy to chat with you about it and ultimately you know, support you if it's the right time for you. So with that, why don't we read our opening invocation? So wherever you are, 
Go ahead and take a deep breath with me. Kind of see if you can get a little heavier in your body, a little more grounded than you were a second ago. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Chinook people, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. Finally, may this work honor and bless the earth itself. So if you've listened to this podcast before, then you know that I like to do a little snapshot of kind of where we are seasonally and in the cycle of the year. Obviously, COVID-19 has brought a much different texture to the spring season. You know, I know for many, many people across the globe, there has been tremendous pain and fear and uncertainty as a result of this or before this and then magnified by this. Um, I think it's been you know, encouraging to watch the kind of localized resilience, at least here in the Pacific Northwest that's popped up. There have been, you know, lots of mutual aid groups and support. I think people have been really generous with their time and money trying to support one another. And it may not, you know, feel like enough and things still feel scary and uncertain, but I'm kind of holding on to those glimmers and, uh, you know, like many of you still just trying to make sense of all of this, really, because we don't know what the repercussions or ramifications are going to be. And we're all kind of sitting with the, I think, the grief of this time. There's just tremendous grief, whether it's losing loved ones, um, being afraid of losing loved ones, um, not getting to celebrate, you know, graduations or weddings or even gather for funerals. Um, It's, there's just grief around the fact that life is different and we weren't expecting it, right? Seasonally here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're in the midst of late spring and early summer. We're in that transition window between seasons. Life is blooming and, you know, the summer is traditionally our kind of most productive time. It's the kind of height of the growing season, right? We get to see what the seeds that we planted in the spring come come into and what they become. And our summer this year may look different, right? We certainly didn't expect the world to be this way. And so the seeds that we've been planting this season um, are probably different than we expected. The intentions that you have now for the rest of the year are probably different than what you came into 2020 with, right? And that's okay. But again, there may still be grief around that. And the summer may look different than what we expected. But there is still, of course, always the potential for there to be tremendous growth and beauty. Our gardens can still be full, right? Literally and metaphorically, but it, it just may be a different kind of fullness. It's also Gemini season. The sun moved into Gemini on May 20th and will be there until you know late June uh, when the summer solstice occurs and the sun moves into the sign of Cancer. I like to think of Gemini as kind of the archetype of the pollinators, right? The bees and the butterflies, the birds that uh, facilitate life on this planet, right? They they carry pollen from one plant to another and facilitate the growth and production of fruit. And their process 
never looks linear. It's not linear. It may not even look like it makes sense to us, but they make the world go round, right? They sort of flit from interesting flower to interesting flower. They have certain plants that they have evolved to prefer, right? And the the plants themselves have evolved to be more appealing to certain pollinators. There is this amazing reciprocal relationship happening all around us that we probably take for granted, but that is responsible for the fact that we have food to eat. And I think they are really incredible teachers for us at this time. They remind us to let ourselves kind of meander and let ourselves kind of move from interesting thing to interesting thing or beautiful thing to beautiful thing. And they kind of invite us to ask, you know, what is interesting right now? What makes us feel curious right now? And if nothing really feels interesting because you're just barely keeping your head above water or managing the grief of this time, that is okay too. Sometimes life is so overwhelming that curiosity seems like a luxury. But being able to ask questions, even when it feels like things are a sure, you know, sure thing or the outcome is, uh, has already been decided, questions open us up. And the next time that you see a bee or a butterfly or a hummingbird or any other pollinator, you can use it as a reminder to ask yourself, you know, what is here in this moment or what is this moment showing me? Or what does it mean to be alive right now? And it can be, you know, questions about your career or just what it is to be you at this time in your life and in this world. The other thing that I love about pollinators is that they're light. They kind of just rest on new ideas or experiences very gently, right? There's no forcing or coercion. There is just interest and appreciation and ultimately reciprocity with the plant that they are interacting with. And I would encourage each of us to take that approach in our work lives as well right now because so much feels uncertain. So if there are times when your brain is telling you that you know you will never find work again or that you'll have to stay in your current job because there's so much insecurity around you or whatever scary story your brain is telling you because I, I'm sure they're there, I encourage you to just kind of take the pollinator's approach and stay curious and kind of nonchalant about it. You know, see the story that your brain is telling you, but be open to other possibilities too. And this is a skill that kind of informs what I want to share with you today, right? We, we have the ability, we have these incredible brains that like to tell us really scary stories, but we also have the capability to reimagine our lives, our worlds, our communities, and that's really where change begins. This is where I start with my clients. This is where we all begin, whether we know it or not, to make change in our lives. And in periods of tumultuousness, it can be really easy to lose an expansive vision and really just focus instead on the kind of grim future that the media or others around us are telling us is inevitable. And that's not to gloss over the fact that things are very grim for many, many people right now. But we owe it to humanity, to all the living beings that we share this planet with. We owe it to them to use this time as an opportunity to do better. The earth needs us to do better. And if we weren't aware of that already, um, I hope that this, if nothing else, this crisis has woken us up to the fact that we've really got to make some major, major changes if we're going to get through 
um, get through this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think it's the end of the world if the human race doesn't survive. I believe that the earth will go on and that other species will thrive and life will continue. But I would like this world to be a friendly place to my children and my grandchildren and to all children and grandchildren and um, ancestors that come come from us. So with that, as I read this vision to you, this vision of a different future, I want you to notice how you feel in your body. Notice what parts of the story feel like relief. Um, notice what parts of the story seem preposterous or impossible. Um, I remember on a podcast episode I listened to by Emergence Magazine, they were interviewing um, and someone who was reading a myth on the podcast. And I remember he said something like the part of the story that you remember or that um, seems the most interesting to you has really important information for you. So there's something in that part of the story that you need to pay attention to or that is there for you, either as something you need to give yourself or something that you might want to explore more deeply. So this uh, is a a story or a vision of what the future could hold. And I'll read it to you kind of in story form and just notice what stands out. We're well on the other side of the coronavirus pandemic now and have learned how to cope with this and other new diseases that stem from environmental degradation. As a society, we've chosen to wake up from our slumber and carve out a future that's in alignment with the health and vitality of the earth. We've chosen healing. We've chosen to exist in right relationship with ourselves and the other living beings that we share this planet with. High quality healthcare is now available to all people, regardless of their citizenship status, income, or employment status. Everyone receives a universal basic income of $2,000 a month that enables them to meet their basic needs and live in dignity, sheltered, fed, and healthy. Poverty has been decriminalized and nearly eradicated. Addiction has also been decriminalized, and our neighborhoods are full of people who are cared for, who are healing, and who are clear-eyed. High-quality education, including college, is free, and student debt has been forgiven for the cost of a few military jets. Two years of paid family leave is available to all new parents and caregivers, and world-class early childhood programs are free to all of our children. Private prisons are a thing of the past. The school-to-prison pipeline has finally been broken, and a national program of reparations is in place so that Black and Indigenous communities can begin to heal from centuries of abuse and colonization. Our borders are fluid, and no one is considered alien. All are welcome here, and we have learned that there is enough for all of us. There is enough for each and every one of us to have our basic human rights realized. We are a society of collective care, a society that has become wise. With our basic needs like healthcare, shelter, and education met, the workplace looks very different. Wages have risen, and workers in what we called frontline industries during the crisis have organized effectively enough to receive the respect that they deserve. Farm workers, grocery store workers, sanitation and delivery personnel, and many more are well paid. They work in safe environments and are no longer crippled by impossible hours and demands. Teachers are among the most highly respected, highly paid professions now, and because of the racial healing work that we've committed to, traditionally homogenous industries are more diverse. The Green New Deal is in place now, and hundreds of thousands of jobs have opened up in industries like solar, high-speed rail, and wind power. 
Our children are no longer poisoned by the fumes of the fossil fuel industry and carbon emissions are dropping dramatically year after year. The mass extinction of species has slowed and it looks as though humanity may actually survive the foolish choices of our past. As workers are no longer dependent on their jobs for health care or the income they need to survive, less desirable jobs have become more automated and organizations are now full of people who actually choose to be there. We experience an unprecedented wave of innovation and creativity because the working class is free to connect with their inherent talents and their learned skills. The world is becoming brighter and more lovely as people take the time to find their purpose and actually live it out. Many of us are now able to live a life without regret. Sabbaticals and flexible work arrangements are commonplace, and we've accepted that a meaningful career is rarely a monochrome one. People are free to experiment with various lines of work, settling into vocations that are generous and deeply meaningful to them. Human resources departments are now free of the administrative burden of benefits and workers' compensation, as we've decided collectively that all people have a right to medical care, whether, whether they're employed or not. HR can finally become what it should have been all along, the integrity keeper and cultural caretaker of the organization. Unions are commonplace, and we've realized that empowered workers make the best team members. Paternalistic management practices are a thing of the past, and servant leadership is far and away the most successful strategy in our new environment. Because of our renewed appreciation for the planet, we've brought the outdoors into our workspaces. Offices are full of natural light, greenery, fresh air, and space to find quiet and rest in the midst of the working day. The impact of all of this on us personally is hard to put into words. Knowing that we're no longer dependent on steady employment or charity in order to survive has reflected to us how backward and cruel our society used to be. We've realized that we deserve to live well simply because we're alive. We've realized our place among the incredible but fragile ecosystems that we're part of, and we're fiercely committed to protecting them now. These days, we have the time and energy to connect with our neighbors, to care for our children well, to exercise, to see new places, to make art, to do the healing work that our ancestral lines need us to do. We eat amazing local meals that we've had the time to cook in our own kitchens. We drink clean water. We breathe fresh air. Without the weight of the worlds on our shoulders, we're spry enough to organize and protest any time our government creeps back on its promises and goes against our wishes. We are a people in the process of healing, and that brings healing to our planet. Those who need the most in our society are at its center. They are seen, cared for, and honored. We are coming into right relationship with ourselves, with one another, and with the earth. May it be so. So what did you notice in there? What if this future actually became realized? You know, if this is where we are headed, what choices do we need to make now, collectively and individually? If you knew that your basic needs could be met outside of what you do for work, what would you choose to do with your time? How would you orient to this moment differently? If you knew that all of the employees in your organization could afford to leave if they wanted to, what would you do differently? How would things look? And I know some aspects of this vision probably feel scary or they may even feel bad to you um, or like things that shouldn't happen. And I'm sure I missed some of the important things that we do need in the future. Um, but I hope that this vision has inspired you. Um, I hope that it has 
lifted you up even just for a few minutes. And I encourage you to join me in imagining how beautiful the future could be. Just kind of letting your mind go there a few times a day for a few seconds or minutes. It could be just imagining what's possible for you in your own life and career or imagining, you know, what a different kind of world could look like um, and what you want that to look like. I, again, I believe that this is where profound change begins. And I believe that this moment, as painful as it is, is still ripe with potential, even in the midst of the devastation that's occurring. And it would benefit all of us to make space for and kind of cling to or commit to moments of reimagining what our world and our work can look like. So that is my vision and my hope for us uh, collectively and for you individually. Again, if you are on the precipice of change in your career or if you are knee-deep in change and transition and you would like some meaningful nature-based support from someone who really cares, you know, sign up for a consultation. It's free. There's no pressure. It'll just give us a chance to meet one another and talk more and you know, we can see if working together would be a good fit. And if not, I'm happy to recommend other resources or other people to support you. I will be back with you uh, with another episode in about a month. You know, part of this postpartum journey for me is taking things a little bit slower while I ramp up to life with two children. So uh, these podcasts will be coming out monthly for now until I uh, either have more to say or more bandwidth to put things together. So thank you, thank you for being here with me and for engaging in this imaginative exercise. May you be well and take good care, and I'll see you again soon. Bye.